Yes, it is I, your humble host, Bill Hatch the Third, coming to you live from the palatial home studios of Paul's Fuss Productions here in the beautiful city of Santa Ana, California. Joining me in studio, as per the usual, is my friend, my brother in Christ, the disembodied voice of Rudy. Hi, everybody. I love you all. Walk, walk, walk with the Lord. And joining us from a more than acceptable safe social distance is my guest for today, Mary Elizabeth Jackson. Hey. <laughs> Where are you uh, calling in from, Mary? I am near Nashville, Tennessee. Nashville. I used Nashville. to live in Clarksville. Oh, okay. That's just like a stone throw about an hour away. Yeah, about an hour away. Yeah, my uh, my father was uh, stationed at Fort Campbell, Kentucky. And uh, so we uh, we lived there uh, on the Clarksville side. Um, yeah, it's really, uh, really funny. You, you get a Kentucky address, but physically you're living in Tennessee. So... <laughs> okay, yeah. that I didn't know. That's pretty yeah. funny. I did not know that. That sounds... Yeah, Fort, Fort Campbell sits right on the border, and uh, and so there's a split right between right in the middle of the uh, of the base of the fort, and uh, and half the half the people live in Tennessee and half the people live in Kentucky, and uh, yeah, uh, but they all get Kentucky addresses. Yeah, well, that sounds like a very southern thing to do. Have you lived somewhere else and give you another address? So. That's right. <laughs> yes, it is a very southern place. But uh, um, but anyway, to get started, I'm asking a new opening question. Um, although it's not really new, I've done it a few times. What are you reading currently? Oh, that's good. <clears throat> I am looking, I have a couple of books I've been looking at to start, but um, I was working on Bonnie McBird. I don't know if you know who she is, but she lives actually in London. She lives near where, uh, you know, um, she writes, uh, I'm going to show you the book real quick. Okay. Cause I have it right here. This is one of her smaller ones. Well, no, I don't have it. I thought it was that anyways. It, it is called a um, a uh, a child's gift, a Christmas okay. gift. It's called I'm okay. sorry, it's a novella. And so Bonnie McBird writes Sherlock Holmes. Uh, she has a whole series, oh. really good, and she lives right around the corner from where Sherlock Holmes lives. So she's like living the life. <laughs> okay, my uh, I have a cousin who wrote a Sherlock Holmes book, an officially sanctioned Sherlock Holmes book. Nice. Yes, yes. I don't remember the title of it right off, though. But uh, I wonder if they know each other. That's entirely possible. Uh, it he lives is. In, uh, he lives in Missouri, though. So. Yeah, but those Sherlockians, they, they tend to really migrate toward each other. They do a yeah, lot of, yeah. they do big events every year where all the Sherlockians oh. come to London, they come to New York. Huh. That's interesting. I had no idea it was such a, uh, a tight-knit family. Yes. <laughs> funny? Yes. So, okay. Um, well, that's interesting. Um, let's see. Uh, what is uh, what is Christmas Gift about? Well, it's actually, it's it's like uh, two or three stories in one. And okay. so um, it's, it's New Year's Eve or Christmas Eve and Sherlock, you know, is a, is a hermit. He doesn't like to go out and socialize. Right. So Watson drags him out into the street in front of their apartment. And as soon as they are, they come out on the street, there's a woman carrying a baby and a man comes up and tries to kidnap the baby. 
Oh, wow. So the game's afoot from the very beginning of the story, <laughs> as they say in Sherlockian uh, world. And then um, there's this, there is a side story or an interconnected story going on. A very wealthy man uh, whose son was off at college or off at studies, um, he gets, he gets uh, kidnapped. And they're trying to figure out why. So they've got two cases they're working. Oh, okay. So, yeah. Uh, interesting. Uh, uh, Christmas and kidnapping. Um, know, seems to right? be the there. That's that's they they go together, you know, like uh, like turkey and stuffing. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and there's another author. Her book I I've, I've been reading to Aura Nadrich is her name, and she's a she's really a, a voice of the time for the um, mindfulness world. Okay. Uh, and like where we are right now in AI and, uh, mm. you know, our, um, if you want to call it our, our human information on the planet and, you know, how to survive the time we're in. So, so that's a, right, right. I, I cannot remember the title because it's downstairs. I know that sounds terrible, but if you just look <laughs> up Warren Adrich, uh, Warren you know, Adrich. yeah. Okay. Yeah. So. Can I ask a question? Sure. Yes. Rudy, Rudy's my co-host, by the way. Okay. He's my Ed McMahon. I know okay. what I've seen a preview of, because uh, you guys are talking about Sherlock Holmes. Mm-hmm. And he was, another guy was actually kissing him. Ooh. Remember, Bill, I told you that they were showing, no. they showed Sherlock Holmes, he's that white, uh, skinny guy that they're, I guess he's painting him now. And they actually showed another man kiss him. It was a preview thing, and it was, it was Sherlock Holmes. Do they know about that, or do they hear about that, or huh. do they object that? Because, uh, yeah, I saw a preview. Yeah, Sherlock Holmes was never a, a sexual uh, uh, character uh, in, in any sense of the word. Because uh, yeah, um, they never dated. They never, yeah. like, there's never been a story that I know that's been a love interest for him. So, oh, yeah. I have no idea. That's kind of interesting. He's always been, uh, he's all, yeah, that would be very against uh, against character because he's always been kind of, kind of a little on the, uh, a little on the spectrum. Uh, <laughs> yeah, because I saw that and I go, what? Why would they do that? It has no matter what he is in his personal life. Yeah, well. Why would the, we have to know if he, if, if, you know? Well, no, it's not, it's not that we have to know it's that uh, it's that it's out of character, yeah. you know? And so uh, that would be, uh, that would be definitely taking liberties with, uh, with the character. Um, Cause yeah, he just don't do that. Yeah. Just, uh, <laughs> there's a preview that show that look into it. It could be a mistake. It could have been something else. And then they put out Sherlock Holmes name. So, but yeah, like the skinny guy that looks like Sherlock Holmes, or I guess he is. Uh, yeah, what is the uh, Benedict? Uh, Cumberbatch plays him on uh, on uh, one TV series. Yeah, and uh, right somebody now. kissed him. Hmm. We'll have to we'll have to ask that. So now, now we got to solve we'll, that problem. And, <laughs> I'm kidding. In Sherlockian terms, the question's afoot. Yes, the question is afoot. But uh, yeah. um, onto uh, onto mindfulness and AI. Um, yeah, what uh, what are your thoughts on that? I've uh, I actually use AI in my uh, in my day job, um, and uh, my uh, my new business is uh, an AI supported uh, business automation system, and uh, um, and I, I, I definitely have used ChatGPT. Um, it's uh, I, I find it to be fascinating stuff, and uh, uh, it's interesting what you can get. Uh, what you can get the thing to print out uh, if you ask the right questions. 
But uh, what uh, what are your thoughts on uh, on the use of uh, of AI uh, today? Well, I think it's very interesting. I I do. I I think like all technology, we've got pluses and we've got minuses. Is there echo? That's on no. There's a buzz on my end, and I don't know what it is. It might be my it might be my water. My water my water pipes make funny noises every now and again. No, okay, so you have a ghost. Yes. Uh, what is that? Yeah, we're gonna make a mystery here. Um, yeah, yeah, that's I definitely think... the water. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's a very interesting subject, and I think like all technology, we've got pros and cons to it. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I know that. Uh, I think it's very fascinating all the things you can do with AI. Now, I have not used the chat GPT on Clubhouse. Um, I've been invited several times and just haven't. Mm -hmm. It's not been a time where I could jump on and learn more mm -hmm. about it. Um, but I think with mindfulness, mindfulness is, is directly, it, it's, it's about connecting us to ourselves and being in the moment so that we're not in the future, we're not in the past, but we're completely always in the present. And so that's, that's not easy for a lot of people and even teaching it to children can be challenging, but the, the, the benefit of it is that if you can just be in the moment of where you are, then there's less stress. There's cause we're not worrying about the past or fretting over the past. We're not worrying about the future. We're not worrying about things that are coming up. We're not in fear. Like what we, you know, like how through the pandemic, her focus of the book also is through the pandemic, like what happened to us, you know, how we're coming out of it, how do we survive now? And definitely because so many things are more in the mainstream vocabulary than they have been before, like take, for instance, mental health, you know, seeing somebody, you know, having a better mental health space, that conversation is just for, for in my world and maybe yours too, it's everywhere, right? Mm -hmm. And I've had plenty of conversations, uh, interviews about it, you know, done things, uh, events about it. Um, you know, it's one of my focuses with kids is helping them get to a better mental health space using different tools. And part of that is being mindful of what they're thinking and feeling and what's happening for them in the moment so that they can get past where they are. Now, that, that takes that, that part takes an actual human being to do that, you know? So, yeah. Um, yeah, I have both a, a niece and a nephew on the spectrum, um, different spots on the spectrum. Um, uh -huh. So, uh, but, uh, um, and, uh, um, and I know you, uh, you do uh, uh, um, uh, advocacy work and yes. uh, all of that uh, kind of thing, um, getting on to, uh, onto what you do. <laughs> but uh, um, uh, while I'm thinking about it, how can people reach out to you? Um, they can reach out to me. Um, they can go to my website, www.maryejackson.com. And there's a way to contact me. Yeah, it's just my name. That's my website. At the bottom is a way to contact me. My email is there. Uh, and, you know, if somebody has questions about advocacy, um, you know, their child with needs, um, you know, what it's, you know, what to do in the beginning, you know, lots of those things I, I, I can answer because that, that's, I, there's a focus there for that as well, but also, you know, how can you, if you're interested in making your library more sensory friendly, uh, if you're interested in, uh, if you'd like to try to see if your library can implement like a sensory room for your kids, contact me because I've done it here and then I've consulted with libraries across the country. 
uh, about it. Um, you know, it's really great. I, I, um, April 2nd is um, Autism Awareness Day and it falls on the Sunday. But so April 22nd here, we're doing an event at our library where uh, I'm bringing in, putting together uh, different organizations um, for different disabilities. You know, maybe somebody transitioning out, uh, maybe somebody with Down syndrome, um, it, whatever organizations we can get to come are going to join us and then we're going to have live music and we'll have book reading by authors and stuff. But, you know, part of the purpose of that is to uh, um, allow people to come in and ask questions and actually talk to somebody with the organization, you know, if they're needing help. Uh, we also have a special area in the library uh, that's for um, parents and families. It's a resource area. So you've got information there. So I'm going to have to send my brother uh, over to uh, to your website because my uh, nephew was just uh, 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 diagnosed. Um, I don't remember all the specific numbers and, and details. Level three something, but he's nonverbal. Um, but okay. he's a very friendly little boy. Um, oh. But uh, uh, but yeah, yes. um, and they're actually going to have to move from the little town they're in of sixteen thousand, so he can get his. ABA therapy, I think it was. Yeah, because the the town just doesn't have it, um, and so they're moving uh, they're moving to a bigger town. And, well, uh, um, how yeah. old is your nephew? I think he's three. Oh yeah, that's about that's the age. So many children get diagnosed, and yeah, my guy is level one. He was level two, but oh. we've done tons of therapies with him since he was eighteen months old. Um, and so, yeah, they definitely need to go, uh, wherever they can get the therapy because even though raising a child with needs, it really does call for a lot of sacrifice in a family. Um, because especially if you have a child who is then requires all kinds of therapies and appointments and, you know, different schools and maybe you have to drive, you know, it, it, it creates a lot and the whole family really needs to be involved and they need to take what a child is learning in occupational therapy or physical therapy or speech therapy and then apply it at home to reiterate that and, and empower that. And I've been through it with two of my three kids. So what I can say to you is that it'll be worth every hour and moment and money that is spent on their child because of the difference that it will make in their child's life. And when you first have a diagnosis of a child or any diagnosis period, I don't care what it is, you know, even for ourselves, the greatest thing we can ever do is educate ourselves because then we become empowered and we go from being a victim to a victor in the situation we're in. And we teach our children how to do that. And it's really important. And being an advocate, you know, it's, it's gone into so many other areas than just, like I said, the library, you know, last year we did a, um, I put together an art uh, exhibit at the Nashville Public Library. We had eight artists who all had special needs and we featured them and the symphony came and it was, you know, just a really beautiful celebration uh, to see into the, the window of the eye of the creativity of the brain and the, in the world of a child or a human being with challenges. It's really beautiful, but um, you know, just, being able to, uh, you know, I, I had to, my oldest, when she went to college, she had to have surgery, like it was not planned. And she went to college uh, on crutches and in a wheelchair and the college was private and was not ADA compliant because private colleges don't have to comply with federal law. 
So I had to go in and advocate for her and they built a ramp for her at her dorm and they allowed some other things to help her. But if you don't know these things, you don't know to go do this for your child. Right. So, you know, that's where, that's where education or getting certified really comes into play. And, and I really didn't have, I, I kind of look at it. I didn't have much of a choice bill. I had to get certified because um, all three of my kids had needs. You know, my middle daughter was abused in the school system when she was five. So then I went and tried to change law in the state. So I had to get certified because I needed to know what I, what my rights were, what my kids' rights were, and be able to empower my children, but also to empower me so I didn't feel like a victim of the situation. You know, how can I change this so n this never happens to another child? So. Yeah, that's, uh, that's wonderful. Um, you know, as, a, as an outsider looking in, it's funny the some of the things you're saying, even though there's certainly more intensity and, uh, um, and specific things that need to be done, in many ways, it sounds just like what it takes to make any child successful. Uh, absolutely. Parental involvement, um, a, a good school that knows what they're doing, and, uh, um, and again, parental involvement. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, a friend of mine, uh, a friend of mine from church uh, the other day was saying he was on a on a PT, on a parent teacher call, and uh, um, and the parents basically said, uh, "Hey, from nine to three, he's your problem." And I'm just like, that is a kid being set up for failure, and uh, it's just it's and the terrible. teacher too, and the yeah. teacher too because. You know, he was really depressed about it. Yeah, that's really sad because, uh, you know, we, we have these children. They are our responsibility, and you need to work as a team. So when a parent calls me, I, I get calls, like, right before school starts a lot of times, which I do. We'll go, go and interview your school. You know, like, I'm looking at having to do that this next year about a different school and looking at for my son. But I need to go in and interview. Hey, can you handle him? Can you provide for him what he needs, what we need as a family? Can we work together as a team? How are we going to communicate? How will our relationship be? So all of that is very, very important. And you have the right to go in and ask and check and see what, you know, what what's available for your child. Um, but, yeah, it, it does take a team. And, it, and the parents need to be involved. And it's the difference between a success and failure, like you said, of a child. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, it's, uh, yeah. Um, yeah, I'm definitely interested to, uh, to learn more uh, being, uh, being a family member, um, granted extended family, but, uh, um, you know, I love my niece and nephew very much. Um, yeah, my uh, my other brother uh, with his daughter, uh, my niece. Uh, um, I don't know any of her level information, but uh, um, she talks in short bursts. And uh, um, but just the sweetest girl. Um, yeah. She is in height. I know she's sixteen. She's sixteen, but I don't know where she's at in uh, in her schooling. But uh, um, but they did a lot of uh, of things for her. Um, to uh, to make sure that uh, that she got what she needed, and and uh, my brother's a, a doting father, uh, <laughs> so uh, um, so yeah. But uh, um, but yeah, what uh, what else? You know, where else do you uh, do you put your efforts in uh, with your advocacy work? Oh, with okay, with advocacy work. So since we're on uh, the topic, 
Yeah, no, 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 it's fine. Um, I actually um, have been, I've, I've been doing more speaking. Um, you know, most of it's been virtually, but um, in helping families, what I'm trying to do, what I'm doing is teaching um, how to, how to be able to help all, all children, you know, not just, uh, not just um, children on the spectrum, but I do, there are those times I do uh, speci specify advocating for your child and what you need to do, what your rights are, what your child's rights are, how to empower families to be healthier, uh, how to imply more positive parenting. Cause you can't, you can't parent a child with needs in the same way you do a typical child. It's two, two different worlds. And then um, I know I'm going to be, um, I have to, I have to videotape myself an hour. It, it'll go out in September for the U.S. Nanny Conference. And I'm actually going to be speaking. I'm excited about it. I'll actually be speaking um, about raising the highly sensitive, intuitive, and empathic child. Okay. Because, uh, and I'm really excited about, uh, you know, adding this into what I, my work that I'm doing. Um, the, uh, you know, there's a lot of, when you have a child with sensory issues, well, we're, we're all sensory. Okay. I mean, that's how we take the world in. Right. So then you have a child who's born with, with, a, a, a I, I don't want to call it disability. They're born with either extra chromosome, like, you know, down syndrome, or they, they are ASD autism, we're not autism syndrome. Sorry. Um, and so their sensory experience of the world is very, very heightened. But if you have a child who does not have a diagnosis like that, but they may have heightened awareness of their sensory, just their senses may be off the charts, but they're, they don't really fall in anywhere. You know what I mean? On the spectrum. So those children are experiencing life very much differently than a child who is, has a calm nervous system, a, you know, a calm, you know, the brain is functioning like it's supposed to be that kind of thing. But because there's such a varying degree in there, a lot of this applies to just almost every child. You know, we have you, I, I'm convinced the, our middle schoolers and high schoolers, most of them, if there's not mental illness there, because there is mental illness that runs in families, it, it's there. Um, but for a lot of kids, I really feel like if they could understand themselves and their sensory experience and their intuition and being an empath and that they're picking up on their friends' emotions, thoughts, and feelings, and it may not be theirs. We, we, they'd have a much easier time in life. There would be less depression, anxiety. There'd be, I think, less bullying. If, if we taught kids tools so that they could go, okay, is mine, you know, what I'm experiencing right now, is this mine or is this like, I just went into a room of a bunch of kids who, where our emotions are all over the place anyways, you know, and can I just go and just really, what, what am I feeling right now in the moment? You know, am I okay? Am I okay? You know? I think all of that's super important. Yeah, um, for sure. Uh, mental health, we have a soft spot for, uh, for mental health around here. Um, we, uh, I end the show with, uh, with, uh, 988, the, the suicide mental health crisis hotline, uh, mm -hmm. here in the States. Um, and, uh, we talk about it, uh, quite a bit. Uh, I myself, uh, struggle with, uh, major depression and ADD, which is an interesting combination. Um, yeah. but, uh, um, but yeah, um, yeah, I grew up, uh, um, being in the, in the top, uh, in the top 1% of the class and that's a different place that needs help um, because 
your the average classroom is built for the middle child, the child yeah. in the middle of uh, of you know special needs to to just give me a book and I'm cool. Um, right. And the and the kids on the other end on the ends tend to get lost. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so uh, there was definitely more than one time when uh, when I got lost, and uh, um, thankfully my parents were there to uh, to help um, with that because they were definitely involved in my education, especially in high school. We uh, we homeschooled, so uh, um, so yeah, and uh, that was uh, that was a great experience for me, but not for my not for my just younger brother. I, I'm the oldest, so I have two younger brothers. Okay. But, uh, um, but yeah, my, my other brother, the one in Oklahoma, he didn't care for it one bit. And mm. uh, um, he, he needed the environment. And, uh, um, you know, so, but, uh, um, but yeah, um, so, uh, so what else are you working on? What, uh, you know, the way you, you answered uh, when I asked about uh, more advocacy work um, made it sound like there's something you want to talk about. <laughs> Well, I just wear several hats. Uh, um, you know, I didn't know I was going to, but I, I ended up doing that. Um, I'm an author yes. and uh, my publisher uh, passed away last year. Unfortunately, I have a new publisher, so we're revamping the book. So we're, I've been very like today I have to send illustrations in, um, uh, but I have a middle grade reader called Tears from Heaven. I can't wait for it to come out. It's, it is an anti um, it's a, uh, redemption book. I'm excited about it. Uh, because there's, uh, there's lessons in there. There's education woven in with, you know, uh, a story. And, um, then I have my younger series for littles and the focus there is teaching them that no matter how they come into this world, they're still perfectly made. It doesn't matter how they show up. So I think it's important to do that from the beginning and get them on that positive language. Um, I've got an author, I've got two live stream shows I co-founded and we we're still doing them online. Um, one's an author show, Writer's Corner Live Network, the other's Special Needs TV. And then I started working since October with a PR company. Uh, and I have a show on there called Cover to Cover. It's a podcast. So we cover everything. Yeah, pretty excited. And I we're getting ready to start a, a women's empowerment one. I'm excited. Um, but I um I manage my girls. They are uh singers and they have a music career and they've got two songs that are out on the world in Euro chart that have done, you know, gone to stop. So uh, a long sometime. Yes, 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 yes. Absolutely. Yeah. They're called I've been music here before. Oh fun. Yes, that'd be fun. They'd love it. That's very cool. Yeah, you uh you definitely wear a lot of hats. Um yeah. <laughs> I, yeah, I know the I feeling. Um, yeah, I definitely know the feeling, uh, a lot of sleepless nights for that, yeah. but, uh, um, what's the name of the book that's coming out? Um, the middle grade reader is called cheers from heaven. Cheers from heaven. Okay. And it, it's, uh, you know, like eight to 12, eight to 13, 12. 14, depending on the, you know, the level of child's reading. And then the little, the, the series for the littles is called, it's the Poolicious series. So it's. Okay. Perfectly precious, poolicious, and uh, poolicious. You know, poolicious. <laughs> goes from newborn, goes from newborn to um, about age six, seven. You know, going into kindergarten, nice. first grade. Yes. So usually, if people, uh, if people were interested in getting uh, those books, are they available on your website, or uh, is this something you're really focused on libraries? 
Well, both. I mean, they'll be able to get them on Amazon and everywhere you can get them. They're not, if you go on Amazon right now, they're still there mm -hmm. and you can purchase them now. There's still copies there, but we're revamping them. So right. when they come out, uh, Cheers will have a completely different cover. And I'm not even sure what the other covers are going to look like because my publisher's working on that. So um, I'm excited. You know, I'm excited about it. Um, I've got a couple other books. So. You know, I've got to get these out before I can get the other books out. So, right. um, yeah. Um, okay, that's uh, that's really cool. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm in the very early stages of uh, of developing my first book. Um, I've had so many authors, and few of them have given me a hard time because I haven't written anything yet. Uh, <laughs> well, I used to when I was in like middle school. I wrote a lot. And, uh, but I haven't really since then. And I'm sure my mother has the, has those old, uh, works, uh, somewhere in, uh, um, <laughs> somewhere in the house, but, uh, um, maybe we'll find out, but, uh, you should um, do it. yeah, so yeah. Everyone has a story, Bill. Everybody mm -hmm. has a story. And if you don't write it, it'll never get done. I mean, yeah. my career didn't start till I was close to 50. Oh, wow. in this world, okay? okay. In the writing world. And so my motto is just do it. Yeah, I know it's Nikes, but I use it too. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I just know that if you don't do it, it just never gets done. I mean, I wrote the first uh, Poolicious book and sat on it for two years because I thought, oh, I'll just keep it for my children. Who wants to read what I wrote? And, you know, God kept poking at my shoulder and he said, he just kept saying, you, you got to do something with this. And so finally I went, threw my hands up fine. You know, I don't know what to do. I don't know who to talk to. So I just started knocking on doors and, you know, when you surrender to what your purpose is, then your doors start to open up, but you, you got to listen. You got to be willing to listen. Right. Yeah. And, and that, um, you know, you have to, uh, you know, sometimes you don't know what to, I mean, there's so many resources out there now. Um, the show being one of them, uh, I'd love to have uh, more actual publishers uh, on the uh, on the show to talk about their end of things. But <clears throat> pardon me. Um, but I've had plenty of I've had a ton of authors, both uh, traditionally published and self-published, um, you know, talk about uh, about what they uh, what they did to uh, to get started. And uh, it's it's always great to hear uh, different people's uh, viewpoints on uh, on it. Um, yeah. um, let's see. Wow, we don't have uh, much time left. I know you got to get going here yeah, in a minute. Yeah, five minutes, and then I about five minutes. Okay. Um, what uh, what was the first resource you found when you uh, when you went knocking on doors? <laughs> okay, this is kind of an interesting story. So, I naively went to the headmaster where my daughters were in school. Okay, because mm -hmm. he was published, but he was academically published. So, okay. in the publishing world. You know, there there are publishers who do multi-genres, but, you know, usually you've got different, it's like different islands, you know, that's the fantasy island, and then there's the horror publisher island, and, you know, so everyone is, so I read him my manuscript, and um, he just, it went straight over his head, um, and not not in a mean way, I'm not being ugly or anything, it's just that he academically, we're talking children's books and academically. Know. So anyways, he said, you know, I want to introduce you to somebody. He teaches violin here at the school. I think you guys would really hit it off. And so he introduced me to Thornton Klein and we hit it off. I, I showed him everything I had written during that time. Cause when this, when this book came was after uh, I had gone through, uh, I had my third baby very late in life. He was a surprise. We almost called him OMG, but you know, <laughs> 
And um, uh, it was after he survived and I survived. And I was sitting there in this, just this beautiful place of gratitude for I'm alive, he's alive. And the manuscript came, it was just a download, like instantly, the whole story. I was like, whoa. So I wrote it all down. I was nursing him. He was about five months old. And um, so, uh, but then all of a sudden, all this stuff just started coming out. So I was writing, 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 writing. And it was really funny because a lot of it was rhyming. I was like, I can't stop myself. What is happening here? Right. And um, so uh, anyways, I showed Thornton everything and he goes, you know, I really like this one right here. Can I write 10 songs for this? And I was like, sure. You know, I have no idea, right? But that's so cool. That was my thought. And so in a week, he wrote 10 beautiful songs for the book. And then the art teacher at the school, I said, hey, Alice, she's one of my neighbors, actually. I said, hey, would you like to do some drawings maybe for me? You know, <laughs> next thing I know, we have a book. And then we start, he had already published eight books, Thornton did. And so uh, we started pitching. And so uh, by August of 2016, we had a con we had a contract. 2017 February, we we released. Uh, and then we wrote the next two together. And then we have this middle grade reader. And then we have an adult book that we're gonna get published soon as well. Um, but he's also we co-wrote the first song that my the first song that my daughter put out. My daughter's put out called Open Win. He, my oldest daughter, Thornton, and I wrote that together. And, um, so he's got a lot of number one hits out on the world in your own charts. And, um, he's, uh, but he's, you know, he wrote, uh, um, love is the, what is the, oh my gosh, I'm drawing a blank right now, Thornton, I'm sorry, but, uh, Gloria Gaynor and, um, Ingerba Ingle Engelbert Humperdinck recorded this song, love is the reason. Yes. Love so Thornton wrote that. Yes. Okay. Nice. Yeah, so that's how it happened. It's kind of an interesting story. <laughs> but uh, who, uh, who eventually published it? Um, a publisher in Texas, uh, Black Rose Writing. Black Rose Writing. Okay. Yeah. So we're then with them, we're with them for two years, and then left, and then. Uh, went with a publisher, but then the pandemic happened. Mm -hmm. So that she just quit. It was like, what? You can't quit in a pandemic. Um, and then um, I found Jim Christina with Tuscany Bay Books. And then he unfortunately passed away last uh, June on Father's Day. And then oh, now we're with uh, Norn's Triad, N-O-R-N-S Triad Publications. And they're a group of women and uh, just amazing, amazing. Nice. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, yeah, uh, yeah. It's not just a matter of uh, knocking on doors, but knocking on the right doors. And uh, sounds like well, you uh, knocked on the right door. You got, well, you just gotta you got keep <laughs> You gotta keep knocking until you find a door that opens, right? Yeah. yeah. So uh, okay, um, let's see. Um, yeah. Well, uh, I guess that's about all we've got time for, really. Um, as uh, um, as I asked all my guests, uh, uh, do you have any final words for the nice people? <laughs> well, I'm gonna uh, okay. So this may sound really cliche, but you know, everybody does have a story, and everybody's story is important. And you you need to uh, pour into yourself, self care, and love, and uh, don't give up on yourself. And if you have a dream, it doesn't matter what your age is, you need to follow it. You need to at least try. So you can say, okay, I, I tried. At least I tried. Yeah. Okay. Great. Well, at least I tried. 
Um, <laughs> and I think we uh, we accomplished having a good show today. Um, so uh, um, so I want to thank you uh, for being on. Um, you're a you're a wonderful guest, and you're always welcome here. Um, so uh, so anytime we're uh, um, yeah when uh, when the next set of books uh, definitely uh, come uh, when the next set of books comes out. I definitely want to uh, want to speak with you again, and uh, and hear more about that. And uh, um, I will definitely send my brother your website information, which is maryejackson.com, right? Yeah, and, and uh, social media too with the same name. So yeah, okay, and uh, um, yeah. Uh, so it sounds like we've uh, we've got uh, sounds like we've got a show. So I'd like to thank everybody for tuning in. Uh, be safe out there. Remember to wash your hands and stay tuned for the ending credits. God bless you and your family, ma'am. Thank you. You too. Thank you. Are you tired of being bogged down by tedious paperwork and repetitive tasks? AutomateU.co can give you the edge you need to succeed and stay ahead of the competition. With our innovative automation solutions, you can save time, reduce costs, increase efficiency, and grow sales across your entire business. Revolutionize your business with AutomateU's innovative automation solutions. Stay ahead of the competition and boost your bottom line with streamlined processes, increased efficiency, and enhanced sales growth. Try AutomateU.co today and start achieving your business goals faster than ever before. Get your 30-day free trial now at AutomateU.co. Thank you all for tuning in. This has been a presentation of Bald Spots Productions. I would like to thank my producer, my beloved mother, Eileen Hatch. I, of course, am your humble host. I'd really like to thank my Ed McMahon, Rudy Corlew! Yes! I'd especially like to thank my special guest for this very special episode, Mary E. Jackson! Support the show if you feel so led. Over on Patreon.com, we are known as Bald Spots Pro. Don't you dare miss YWL Online. You can find us on Facebook and wherever fine podcasts are offered. Be sure to tune in next time when my special guests will be Mitch Creighton and Joy Fakema, unapologetically Joy. Be sure to like, comment, and share. You know, subscribe, follow, whatever it is you've got to do to kick that algorithm into gear and help us reach more people. If you or someone you know needs support now, call or text 988 or chat 988lifeline.org. 988 is the Suicide and Mental Health Crisis Lifeline here in the States.